This week we'll be talking about the big hitters that came out of the Game Awards 2022, the director who blamed woke reviewers for Days Gone scores, the biggest union push of the game's industry happening inside Microsoft. This week on what we've been playing, we'll be talking about Marvel's Midnight Sun, the Forspoken demo, the Seasons demo, God of War Ragnarok, all of this and more on Season 6, Episode 48 of Press X, the Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. It is not your form. It is your nature. I love that line. Oh, I love that line. Who else is here? Good line. It's your heavyweight champion from Wish Nigga. <laughs> Marcus, you go first since you, uh, you're royalty okay. at this point. Okay. <laughs> it's your heavyweight champion from Wish Nigga Wood, California, aka the janitor because we watch niggas, aka your game awards correspondent, aka uh, Cocaine Bear's cousin, the Crackoon, Marcus Ellison. <laughs> the Crackoon, though? I am Sean M.F. Ross, your African-American correspondent. What the MF stand for? <laughs> Aaron Williamson Biggins. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Last up, who we have? I don't even know. <clears throat> I don't even know anymore. Uh, my name is Avery. <laughs> Let's just move on. Yeah, Consistency. Is. Yeah, it is. That's your name. <laughs> He keeps All us right. grounded. Now you know who we are. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. On YouTube, get our games news breakout on Tuesday, what we've been playing on Thursday, and the whole thing is a podcast on Friday. If you are watching on YouTube, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting the notification bell. If you are listening, we'd appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want to join in our conversations, you can by going to pressx2start.com slash Discord. Yes, we are on Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, go download it and join our conversation. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Do it. All right. Um... Now that I got that all out the way, I just want to make one announcement, and that announcement is we did a live stream of the Game Awards. It's on YouTube. Check it out. It's a good time. Pop some popcorn. Get a tall glass of Sprite or whatever you drink, and watch it. We have a good time. You'll have a good time. Have a good time with us. Good times. All right. Now that that's out the way, we've, we've got that all taken care of, I think. It is time for us to jump into gaming news. Avery, what's happening in the wide corner of the game industry? Cool, 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 cool. Okay, our next story is one of my favorite stories of this year. Because, or, or, I'm sorry, of this week, because it's such a nothing burger story from a irrelevant person, but it's actually, but it's an interesting topic. Uh, this is from Kotaku.com. This is from Levi Winslow. Days Gone director blames woke reviewers for games' middling re- reception. So what happened is that uh, I believe John Garvin, the former director of games J- Days Gone, was responding to someone on Twitter who was positive about the game and didn't understand how people didn't like it. And John Garvin's estimation of why people didn't like it was it had tech issues like bugs, streaming. Okay, no, I think the specific context is someone played Days Gone on PC and didn't understand how it got such a low reviews, like low, low Metacritic. And John Garvin's response is it had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. It had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. And three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass, which then present, uh, presented the entire sphere of video game journalists to just dunk on this man for his bad takes that are anti-them. And while I only... Uh, way into the reviewers versus game developers uh, context. I want to just talk about the meat of his thing and his actual thoughts on the game he made in that I like Days Gone. I think it's a okay to good game, mostly on the good side. Where it becomes okay is that its main mechanic is the horde mode, which you don't get access to, to like three-fourths into the game. And then uh, it's t- way too long. 
the game have a super satisfying climax midway through the game and then keeps going on for way more in a completely different new area. And I'm like, why does this game do that? Uh, also, Deacon oh. is in, in, the, in, the, in the people complaining about characters talking and their barks. Deacon St. John has the worst, worst video game barks of all time. You will be in stealth mode in the midst of a, a group of evil, e evil scavengers. And he will be screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm a fucking murder. Everyone here. Fucking freakers. And I'm like, like. Those I think that's a stage thing. Uh, stage whisper, quote unquote. And I think Marcus knows what I'm talking about. Where, yes, it is supposed to be quiet in universe. But. It's loud enough for us to hear. Yeah, but he's so loud. it's not. It's not even like. It's not even like. This isn't like me playing Plague Tale and Amethia like Amethia like yelling. We're like, oh, this is clearly audible. And people can hear this. This is you are yelling. This guy is five feet away from you. You're not speaking. You're not whispering. You are yelling this. Son of a bitch. Yo, yeah. You want to hear some screaming? Like, yo, Deacon, <laughs> shut up. Also, homeboy. Your game got mid reviews because your game's mid. Mid, like it's. <laughs> it got mid reviews because it's mid. Hey man, we got we got Last of Us at home. Like I mean, yeah. Let's just yeah. It's Call not because people are woke. It's because your story's not that no. good. Also, yeah. anyone who complains about something and says, "Oh, it's because people are woke," you've instantly lost any credit. In, uh, any credit in terms of your argument is just you. Yep. Pro proving you're completely out of touch. Uh, it, it, it's. I don't like to use this as a dunk, but most of the uh, articles that use it as a dunk have also want you also want to remind you that he's now working on NFT games. That is where he has gone in video games. Hey. Uh, Perfect also, lateral move. Like, <laughs> the people who use the word woke now are people who don't know what woke actually means. Unfortunately, it's a, yeah. It's a dog whistle now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So true. Uh, and then the one of those uh, beyond this dunkable moment where g video games press love to dunk on it and sort of prove how witty they are about how they can dunk on this. I think that really upset me about this statement is like, so you're also throwing your team under the bus when you say, oh, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming and frame rate. Uh, and it forced Sony Ben to come out with a message and say, hey, man, you heard a message from someone who doesn't work with us here anymore. And we would all like to say that we worked really hard in this game regardless of how everyone felt about it. And we don't take lightly to what he said about how it went. Oh, yeah. That's just... Yeah. It's an old man upset in his feelings. Yeah. But, oh, the, the, the biker white man can't look at his wife's ass, bro. The, the, like, the white... Like, no. People, people are horny on Maine for no reason. That's not the issue. Right. <laughs> I, I platinum Persona Five, bro. <laughs> and that game, is, and, and trust me, that game is way more problematic. Get an impact, than my dog. <laughs> I'm allowed to date grown women as a 16, 17 year old man in that game, and no one has a problem with it. In right. fact, that's actually more. Uh, that, in fact, that is more acceptable than me playing a teenage character than dating other teenage characters. <laughs> I play Gundam every day. Disgusting. Joel Miller. <laughs> If Joel Miller had a romance with Tess in, in Last of Us, we would be all fine with that. And that's a gruff white man. Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, our next story is from VGC. This is from Tom Ivan. It comes, it is, uh, uh, this is from, yeah, Tom Ivan from VGC. Xbox claimed it held off price rises as long as it could, but something had to give. So we talked about earlier a couple weeks, about probably a month or so ago, that Xbox talked about, hey, hey, we're going to have to raise prices. Well, yeah, they've confirmed they're raising prices in 2023, and that all Xbox Series X games are going to be $70 going forward. Uh, uh, a quote from them, uh, a Microsoft spokesperson said that the increased price reflects the content scale and technical complexity of the games. So there are two realms of thought of how this can went i'm gonna take i'm gonna give them the most charitable realm of thought the most charitable realm of thought is eventually they were losing money on games well actually no it doesn't even make any sense because all their games are game path games so i don't even know if the charitable thing actually makes sense ultimately yeah. the their true uh okay the true rule of thought are that they want people to see their games at the same realm of quality of a playstation game so they're willing to charge $70 for those games to put them on parity. I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think that's how they're saying it. Some people say that is a rule of thought. The other... Fuck. 
Yeah, I think that's, that, that was that was that was that was the main rule of thought. That mm-hmm. they, they want the price to com- uh, reflect the thing. And that's cool. Uh, Marcus, as the person who owns the Xbox on this on this cast right now, how does this make you feel about their about Xbox games going forward? Forward. I have Game Pass. Okay. Yeah, I mean this. This is. I don't know. It it is like. All right. I mean, they were bound to do this because they are losing yeah. money compared to PlayStation, and of that's, course, no one likes pro- to lose money. That's that's to your point. Are they losing money because of Game Pass? Oh. We don't know that. We well, still I mean, don't know their numbers. Well, I would say yes. Less, that's an issue altogether. I would say yes. They're losing money because of um, even though they have Game Pass, because the uh, Game Pass is not a what a hundred percent of their uh the the people who have xbox not everyone has game pass so the people who don't have game pass and who are buying these triple a triple a games they're not they're not spending 70 dollars on they're spending 60 or whatever on it so and in those purchases they are essentially losing money so i get it economics of xbox has never really made sense to me with game pass as a thing that they 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 want to be their main uh uh revenue mm-hmm. stream but yeah so everything is going to be up to parity which is sort of enough which is i i, I yeah. guess good i don't know uh, like and it, I, I bet this is going to push more people to go to game pass because like oh i have to pay 10 more dollars on this game i'm gonna just spend that money in game pass we'll see, so, we'll, yeah, see. we'll see yeah uh and then actually i feel like we can skip this story and move on to something uh to the main breadth of this story is that uh yeah Last week we talked about uh, the uh, Xbox, the Act- Xbox Cross Activation Blizzard, the uh, uh, world world regulators, uh, and the saga continues in a, which as much as I don't want to talk about it, in a big uh, block of news. Our first story is from uh, Isaiah Colbert from this is from Kotaku. Fed sued to prevent Microsoft Activation deal from going through. So last last week we talked about how the FTC had been plan FTC had been planning to sue them. Uh, most people had thought that this was going to happen in the uh, next year after the holidays, uh, but no, it happened literally the next week. And the FTC came out uh, and said, "Yeah, we this is we see a problem with this deal, and we are uh, we are suing to block it." Yeah. Uh, anyone have any thoughts before I start going into the meat of this? Not really. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, I don't know. I, 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 at this point, I want Activision to change. If it changed from Microsoft, cool. If it changed from someone else in the future, cool. But like, it's just, it's, I mean, it's always a thing every week. It's always a thing with us. Uh, me, me and Avery have been saying, banging on the same drum for a while. I don't want Microsoft to necessarily fail, but the way they're going about this is upsetting. Uh, so Sony tends to breed their talent and IPs from within. They've been given their studios carte blanche to create something, you know, new and quote unquote innovative. And Microsoft's only solution is to buy up established shit you know, and kind of bully their way in the market. That brings yeah. up that brings up an interesting quote that I had faith for later on, but I think it, it, it has merit now. This is from uh, Jordan Midler from VDC. Phil Spencer claims PlayStation wants to grow by making Xbox smaller. Now, this is one of those comments I wish Jordan was here to give his perspective on how, on how he reads this statement, because from what I read this statement, it reads very much in the Microsoft playing the, we are Microsoft the corporation, who are probably three or four times bigger than Sony, the organization, using our leveraging our the fact that we're much bigger to to Sean's point, bully their way into the space. I don't necessarily I don't want to call it bullying. That's a little charitable. Or uh, push our way further into the space, and we're complaining that another organization doesn't like this. Now, to shot to. I, I made some comments about how Microsoft is a much bigger organization. That's true. Now, Xbox, my, Xbox as an organization within Microsoft is much bigger than PlayStation in terms of of actual talent. Yeah. Before the Activision deal, they were 18 deep. Then they no, weren't even 18. 
They were so 20 or so deep, and then they bought Bethesda and add them those to their number, and we're like 32 or so odd studios. Now, if my math is correct, PlayStation is only like 18 or 19 studios making content. There are multiple teams in them, but they're yeah. making content. Microsoft has way more studios and teams and actual capital to make more content. Saying that this is making them small, that A, she's correct, PlayStation's I, I, I've been on the, I've beaten this drum that if either of these companies could uh, uh, snap their finger and make the other one disappear, they would do it in a heartbeat. This is what, this is capitalism, this is competition. They don't give a shit about uh, a healthy ecosystem of their comp- uh, of competing against people. They just want to win. And in a, that standpoint... Yeah, it's not Marvel and DC. Yeah, it, well, actually Marvel and DC would also want to snap a finger and the other one would want to disappear. Well, it's not, it's not Feige and I guess... James, James Gunn. Gunn. Yeah, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that is an analogy that works. But yeah, so yeah, he's saying that uh, Sony's plans to make Xbox smaller, and I don't agree with the statement. Xbox is already a bigger studio. The reason you're losing is not because you're the re- the reason you're losing is because you haven't been putting out games. And I and the uh, buying Activision Blizzard would solve buying Activision Blizzard is a band aid on the actual problem, which is. You have all these studios, all these teams. None, we're not getting any content from them, and it's been about three, four years. I think one of the big takeaways from the Game Awards that we didn't talk about was how it was the Sony press conference at the end of the year. Like yeah. the, the big, the big press conference that we were hoping for PlayStation, we got it. It was the Game Awards, and Xbox had like six or seven Game Pass ads to remind you that Game Pass is their main bread and butter, but didn't have any real content to show show at the award show. Sony had Death Stranding, Final Fantasy, Horizon, whatever else. I imagine we're going to get like an Xbox show probably within the first three months of next year. They have to. Like, yeah, they have to. Yeah. So, like, I don't, yeah. So, this is a nothing burger statement. This is one of those. I don't fault Phil because he needs to have talking points out there to combat, uh, to, to sort of like build their case. I, I, this is one of those things I want Jordan Peer to hear his perspective, but I can't look at Xbox as an organization and be like, oh yeah, you're smaller than PlayStation. In terms of the market share, yes, but you're only smaller because you're not putting out enough games at a high right. enough quality to own market share. It's a weird lens that you have to look through in order for that statement to be valid or feel valid. So yeah. and it, it's it's it definitely has the tinge of Man, these lawyers are really putting words together to try to prove their point, and it's just like any anyone who is looking at this who isn't in the courtroom or whatever is just like this is just stupid. Now this is just so dumb in terms of what you guys are saying and the back and forth that's happening. It's just like, can we just be done with this? Like, can a third? Nah, nope, nope. Well, no, my third party I, take I, Activision. I, I, I've been very adamant that I don't want this deal to go through because from a pure like sort of like. Microsoft's track record with these type of things where, like, they plan to keep doing this. And, like, I, I still don't believe that you, as the number three uh, selling, like, uh, console like, in the space, should be able to buy the number five console manufacturer in the space and have there be no questions about that as a thing. And, like, yeah. And, and, and market as a pro consumer move. That doesn't make sense to me, even with all your other pro consumer things that you end up doing. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm of the mindset that, like, with Activision Blizzard's uh, bullshit, that they as a company should not exist anymore. And if this deal doesn't go through, and they end up end up with the old guard in charge, the best point, uh, the best thing that could happen was for the corporation to dissolve. A lot of their IPs are big enough on themselves to uh, live without with need of a corporate or- overlord, and or be bought out by other companies who could provide the same, uh, I guess, internal. Financial. Internal the financials and internal like 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 uh, cleaning up of their teams to make things move forward. That's just me. I'm very much alone in this because most of the video game audience is saying that this deal just needs to go through. It's better for everyone. Uh, yeah, Microsoft. I think, uh, I think I think the industry as a whole has all been worn down by just the amount of stories that they've had to like mull through in order to you know, do their daily thing or do their weekly thing. And I feel like as it is right now, I don't have an alternative as to who else can 
you know, swoop in and quote unquote save Activision. Yeah. No one but of, like a ten cent or one another. Yeah, exactly. A lot of money or like an Apple. And then, say. yeah, I mean, Apple. Apple actually might be a choice because at least they're familiar with video games and they're not going to quote unquote ruin the properties like I, I believe ten cent would or like a Google would. So, or even a Facebook would. So I don't know. It's just a bad, sticky situation. Yeah. Uh, my, if from another time I have a story from uh, VGC, Microsoft said it's ready for a court battle after the FTC sues to block Activision deal. Microsoft is pretty much saying it's one of those fun, weird, funny post game awards things where, like, you see Phil Spencer in the award uh, in the stands trying to be hyped for video games, but you can just see the look in his face. Like, today was not a great day for Xbox. I kind of probably should be at the office dealing with this, but I'm here to celebrate video games. But yeah, Microsoft as an organization, they're going to uh, they're going to be counter. Uh, they're ready to fight back. Uh, one of the big interesting tidbits uh, of information was that one of the things the FTC asserted for one of the reasons why they're blocking this is that Microsoft quote unquote lied to the EU regulators about the Bethesda deal, and then the EU regulators came out later on and said they didn't lie to us. Uh, this is a grave uh, like uh, myth myth uh, characterization myth, yeah, mischaracterization of what our conversations were like. So we'll see how this shit goes. Uh, the FTC hasn't been pretty big in ter- regards of like shutting down corporate mergers. Uh, the big, however, the biggest government win in terms of this was when like the Biden administration like shut down the uh, Random House and Fiegel and Schuster to uh, book publishers from merging. So it's not like it's impossible, but it's very unlikely from a like legal standpoint that this will happen. It just depends on like how good the lawyers are and how quick of a time frame Microsoft wants to work with. Because this is one of those things that could stretch farther than their original timeline for when this was supposed to resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another Xbox quote. Microsoft claims Sony is more interested in talking to regulators than Xbox about Activision deal. This is from Tom, Tom Ivan. This is also, uh, this little tidbit is in concert with Another weird uh, piece of news we got going to Kotaku.com for this is from Luke Plunkett. Microsoft announces bizarre pledge to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles. So prior to the FTC, yeah, prior to the FTC, uh, yeah, prior to the FTC's whole thing, Microsoft we had a big headline that Microsoft had a ten-year deal with Nintendo and then Steam about bringing Call of Duty continually to their consoles. Uh, most people uh, had uh, hypothesized this was entirely to appease regulators in order to wage off the uh, uh, potential FTC blocking. That clearly didn't help. Uh, I laughed at this because I held my Switch in my hand and I've looked at a Call of Duty game now and I fundamentally do not understand how you're, you're going to get the Call of Duty experience native to a Switch. There's no way. When just the Call of Duty <clears throat> game client is like a hundred gigs of memory. I think I, I think oh, the explode. <laughs> I think the 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 reading in between the lines is that yeah, they're gonna put Call of Duty Mobile on Switch. And it's not gonna be the Call of Duty, the console version of Call of Duty. It's gonna be said the future Call of Duties, the mainline Call of Duties. I, I think it's going to be a, like a mobile variant because like that's the only way that that makes sense because there's no way even with X Cloud or whatever there's no way that that the Switch is going to handle that. I mean, well, so. X Cloud is the only answer. X Cloud is the only answer, and the only way you yeah. get X Cloud on the console is if you put Game Pass on the console, which we'll we'll see if that's a, a round avenue Nintendo is super interested in. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, see my vote is mobile though. Yeah, Steam. Uh, yeah, in regards to Steam. Seems like we don't need a ten-year deal. Or we apparently trust uh, Game Mule, like we trust Microsoft to be good on their word. And if they say they're going to keep it on their console for ten years, they're going to keep it on our console, on our platform for ten years. So that's mm. uh, that's a thing. Uh, so yeah, and then the, our final story is from VGC. This is from uh, Chris Gullion. The FTC may yet approve Microsoft Activision deal with concessions. It's claimed. So ultimately, this is the uh, nothing burger of hey, this deal probably will go through, and it will probably just go through with there being clear concessions of things that Activision Blizzard Microsoft will have to do with Activision Blizzard to get it to go through. Maybe up to like to Jordan's point. Uh, uh, what did he call those again? Consent deals about things that they want. Yeah, to- yeah. Uh, of, uh, of of deals, 
maybe selling off parts of Activision Blizzard to make it leaner as a company so they're not absorbing the entire meat of it. Uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, which is... We gonna see. What big thing. Just gonna reiterate, I don't want this deal to go happen. This isn't <laughs> console partisanness coming through. I don't play Call of Duty, which seems to be the big brunt of the thing. It's me just being like, I don't agree with the top three top five, top three buying the top five and everyone having no problem with this and then yeah. uh yeah on the face of it it just doesn't look good it don't feel good and that's not the kind of future that we want to happen going forward no, it's one so. of those, it's it's one of those things where microsoft has been adamant they want to keep buying exactly. studios so like okay you've just absorbed this thing you're now 40 studios deep into your organization and you want to keep buying more, and you made them. We didn't just say buy studios; you've also said buy publishers. So we're just going to let keep letting you buy publishers, right? Yeah. And, the more monolithic any industry gets, the worse off it gets. And then if, by that standpoint, then Sony has to actively go out and buy public. Like, I've always joked about the, uh, the uh, Square Enix thing, which I think may or may not happen, and I think it'd be perfectly fine, especially with PlayStation's current relationship with Square Enix. But like after that, if they're fifty, like they're fifty studios deep and own all first-person shooters and own all Western RPGs, you as PlayStation have to pl- actively play this arms race, and that's not interesting. To yep. Me. Right. All right. Uh, that is the game news. Hey there. Are you enjoying this episode? You are? Great. If you're listening to the podcast, then please leave a review on the podcast app that you're using. If you're watching us, then please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell. After that, you can go to pressxnumber2start.com. There you'll find all the information about us, the podcast, the links to all of our social media channels, and to our Discord. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. First up, we have Avery talking about Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, Yes. So Midnight Suns is a game I've been desperately excited about for a long time. I made the very poor decision to buy Callisto Protocol over it last uh, last week, and I deeply regret that. Uh, but now I finally got a chance uh, to sit down and play it, and I will say that if you're an XCOM fan, the combat system is actually really cool, really fun. There are some weird limitations to it, but not to a level that actually dis- uh, uh, I dislike. Uh, as a Marvel fan, it seems to be a good distillation of the comics characterization of what these characters are, but it, it to me, it the presence of certain other characters in the narrative just kind of bothered me when the game is called Midnight Suns. Like, I don't need Iron Man, Wolverine, and Captain Marvel in this story about magic when I'm like, when like characters like Moon Knight, uh, 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 actual other Midnight, like Werewolf of Night, all those other characters aren't in the game. But that's just me. I understand why they're there. They're more popular. Yeah, yeah. But like a pure thing, I'm like, it's a little weird. I only like this. Uh, Near, uh, actual world, the actual, uh, the game is bloated in a weird way. And I understand why it had to be because it couldn't just do the XCOM thing of here's a weird menu and you can just go around and navigate menus to explore things. This is a game with characters that you want to interact with. So they wanted to give you an experience for you to interact with those characters for, to tell narrative. And for the most part, those are fine, but the, there's so much bullshit in this game. Like they're like, hmm. Like, you, there's an entire world map that you can, well, walk, not a walk, world map, but, like, like biome that you can walk around in, interact with things, collect things, and for the most part, they straight up don't explain to you what half the shit you're collecting is early on, and, like, there's just so much, and that's not even talking about the actual card combat and how convoluted and complicated that could be. That's fun, though. Like, once you get into that and you understand it, it's fun. But mm. getting to that is a little cumbersome with all the shit that's going on around it. Uh, I also want to reiterate this. I think the hunter is boring as fuck. I don't like that this character is in this game and that I'm forced to play this character on all the narrative missions in the game. Uh, there's, in the world of creative characters, they've done a good enough job with integrating this one into the narrative so I don't feel the, why do I give a shit about this character and their motivations when they're just yeah. being, they're a proxy for the story. That being said, in the world, in the wide 
in the wide avenue of Marvel characters that you could have pulled through to making a focal character, I don't think you necessarily need to make up one. <laughs> and I'm not sitting here going like, oh man, I can't wait to see the Hunter in the next issue of Marvel's Midnight Suns. Nah, man, I'm just sitting there going like, man, I really wish I could grow th three deep into this mission as, you know, Ghost Rider, Magic, and uh, Nico and Sister Grimm and not have to drag the fucking Hunter's boring ass on this, this narrative who I don't care about. But that's just Yikes. me, Avery Williams. So like you have to have the hunter in your your team at all times. No, this isn't oh. a Mario plus rabbits issue where I like had okay. to always have a rabbit on my team at all times, which I thought was really dumb. This is a situation where every narrative story mission, you probably have to have the hunter oh. on your team. But all the other side missions, which I've been spending most of my time doing, you don't need to have the hunter with you. Okay. And then. Uh, actually, a, a question following that: If the hunter is not on the team, does the hunter still get XP for the missions and stuff? Or uh, I think I have, like like I said, this game is incredibly complicated. There's so much fucking systems and things under the hood. Yeah. I couldn't necessarily tell you, but I do think for the most part, I'm not sure if it goes vice versa or the other way around. I know if you don't take characters on your on you with missions, because you only you only take three characters on the mission, which I think is a little troll in terms of like how complicated the battles get. But that's uh, that's a minor nitpick. I haven't got deep enough to see if that was a good decision or not. But I'd say when you don't take a character into the battlefield, the hunter levels up, all the other characters will level up as well. But I'm not sure if I don't take oh. a hunter on the mission, will the hunter level up? Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. At least you're at least you're leveling up the hunter, so that's a positive. Um not a positive. Hate the hunter. Oh no, right. <laughs> That's good though. I mean, I'm 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 happy that you are enjoying that game and that game, you know, the delays for that game really work to its benefit. So I don't necessarily think delays been. work to its benefit. I think the delays were to add all the fucking side stuff and they had the actual uh, card based system down and ready when the game was yeah. announced. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, we're going to switch this up a little bit. Uh, let us talk about the new demo that came out for the game. A lot of us has been excited for Forspoken. Season. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, actually, Sean, you go first since you kind of alerted us that the demo was downloadable. So uh, you've been playing this Forspoken demo. How have you been enjoying it? Uh man, this is gonna be uh, one of my top five for 2023. Ooh, I'm, call I'm calling. Ooh, I'm calling. That is a bold statement, especially yeah. when Starfield's coming out next year. Sir, don't make me curse. <laughs> um, <laughs> my only gripe <laughs> with the way they did this demo is they dropped us in in the middle of the game, and I think this is gonna sour some people on the game because there is. I don't think there's too much to do in the game. I think there's too much to do in the demo. Like it's just entirely too much for people to understand. They give you so much mechanics all at once to figure out versus giving you one thing and building upon it. And you know, you're getting used to one thing at a time and then it all feels natural. They've given you access to for the most part, almost everything it feels like. Um, I did a, like there there's nothing disabled it seems like in this uh in this section of the world that they gave you. I did a a a a wave kind of uh mission where I was defending the townspeople from waves of enemies coming in. Um I did a photo I wouldn't really call this a mission, I guess it's a collectible, but like you take a photo or something that goes into a photo book. Okay. Um the controls, they're just going to take some getting used to. The traversal is just going to take some getting used to because I'm not going to say this is a different genre, but I don't think an action game has been done like this, to my knowledge, where it's straight up magic and nothing else. As I was telling uh, you guys on Discord, you can't just run up and box something. You can't square up or something. Yes, you have a magical kick. Yes, you have a sword. but it's different and once you yeah. play it if you do play it or you watch it it'll make sense but it's different it is definitely different um yeah and i i will i will also second that the combat in this game is very unique and that majority of your stuff is magic based so you have to work around that you have to work around cooldowns and so on and so forth but yeah 
Um, are you are you done? Are you gonna do one more? You say more? Um, all I would say is I saved the demo and I may load it back up, but I'm trying to finish Callisto Protocol and other games. But I'm definitely gonna play some more of the demo just because I was liking exploring what they gave us. But go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, Marcus, you can go. Because you also played the demo. Yes. Um, I am probably closer to Sean's feeling on the game where I was mostly positive on it. Uh, I thought the tutorial was kind of rough, but once the kind of game or the demo opened up and you kind of get to the uh, open world section, I think it uh, allowed me to kind of get my bearings a bit more. And then I started really having fun with it. Um, I'm with y'all in terms of like the controls take a little getting used to, especially because it's such a unique layout and I still have God of War Ragnarok brain. Um, but also I think that at first I was slightly annoyed by how the traversal was so directly tied to the magic parkour. But mm. then once I like actually thought about the fact that like in universe or in character, it would make sense for her to be able to do all this wild shit. Like, I don't know if she's a naturally athletic individual. So her being able to do athletic things without the magic wouldn't make any sense. And then also I got used to the magic parkour too. And so like, like it, it was, it was fine. And I think it'll probably or hopefully be even smoother once the actual game comes out. But, um, yeah, like I, I've been enjoying my time with it. I also saved um, the demo and I'll probably boot that back up uh, sometime else this week because, you know, I still need to finish some other stuff. But yeah, the my only gripe with the game outside of uh, what you guys said about how they kind of drop you smack dab in the middle maybe not the middle of the game, but like you're like level 17 yeah. in the demo. So you already have to things that you wouldn't at the beginning of the game so it's a lot but it's also yeah. due to the fact that you get dropped later into the game there's already this i guess rapport or whatever uh established between Frey and her bracelet and because of that i can't say for sure that i'll be cool with the banter more when i actually play the full game and get a chance to actually build that relationship but as is, it's kind of annoying. Uh, I I think that phrase dialogue is very edgy, um, mm. and it doesn't come off in an endearing way. And I'm not saying that every character has to be endearing and fun, but it's just annoying so far for me. Um, even the bracelet's kind of annoying. So, mm. uh, yeah. But you can turn down way, the bracelet's so uh, kind of frequency of talking. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Then I might do that for the rest of the demo. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I think uh, once it drops next year, I'll, I'll probably get it within the first week. Cool. Uh, I am on the other side of the fence with this game. Um, I was, as you guys, if you follow a podcast, you know that we are very much so. Uh, we all had our thoughts about it. You know, it was in the store. It was in the news because of the whole hip hop no, thing. No, don't, blah, don't, blah, try blah. Lump, don't try to lump it into it. All of us were excited and you weren't. <laughs> no, I, I I, was on the fence. Like, I, at first, I was excited for the game. And then when it did the whole hip hop thing, and I was like, eh, that's, uh, I don't, I didn't like that story. It made me feel a certain way, obviously. Um, and then once they started showing more trailers, like, okay, this is actually looking a lot better for me. Not actually play this game. I am in the camp of being disappointed. I, um, when Sean uh, jumped into the chat and said like uh, stuff about the brace, the the the, the bracer or whatever, talking and, and then the whole dialogue thing, and I was like, at first I was very much like, oh my god, people are just just getting into their old feelings about the chatter. Is it's not that bad? Playing like fifteen minutes of the game, I'm like, y'all, y'all need to shut up. Like, just let me play the game. And then that's when I went into the menus and saw that, oh, you can actually turn it down. I was like, yeah, okay. I That might be an option that I, I, I pick. But, like, I also get that they kind of drop us into the middle of stuff. So a relationship has already been formed. So this chatter is just kind of them talking and probably starting the game and then getting up to this point. 
probably it won't feel so bad at this point. Yeah, it's probably like you getting I, on a bus and sitting next to two people talking and in mid conversation, you're like, what the, sh- shut the fuck up. I'm trying to ride the bus. Yeah, here. I will. I will say, though, the fact that they even give you that option seems to mean that they already know that it's annoying. Like, yeah, that's the, yeah, that yeah. People might be annoying. Maybe not that. annoying, but just not for everybody. I think yeah. if if I'm being if I'm being generous, it's a playtesting issue. Playtesting issue in that the mm-hmm. chatter was probably they probably had the chatter up to a mid level, and then had playtesting issues where people like weren't being able to identify stuff without the chatter helping you around yeah. and shit like that. And then like, all right, let's bump it up. And then at some point, someone said, right, "This is too much." And if I'm being charitable, someone at the uh, at the studio was like, "All right, let's just give it a slider." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a fair assumption, but so far at least the banter that I've heard doesn't even have anything to do with like giving you hints on anything. It's just yeah. them talking at shit. Some, and I'm like at some point the the cuff was counting one, two, three, and Freya responded like you you're counting all the reasons and it didn't even just finish it didn't finish like what she was saying. It just stopped. And I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, I think uh moving on from the chatter, I think controlling the the controls in this game this is this is literally the most clunkiest game that i've played all year i think there was very bad design decisions when it comes to how parkour works um the fact that you have to you're running you have a run then you have a magic run you have to hold circle to trigger the magic run and that basically allows you to parkour over things which is fine but then it gets weird because you are holding circle to parkour run, but then it only lasts about 20 feet. Then you have to hold circle again to trigger the next like uh, stamina no. thing. You, you yeah, can kind of yeah. just hold it down, but it gets weird because you use square for the magic lasso thing. I don't know if you use it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm about to get to that, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the, the magic run thing is weird. So I actually went to the menu and you can actually just make it just a toggle so you press circle and it will just do the thing so the default got weird because you are holding circle but then you have to move the camera with the right stick so you're doing like a a weird claw grip just to navigate through the open world which is stupid to me um change going into the menus and being able to change the toggle made my experience a lot better but then yes to get to the the magic whip thing that sean's uh saying you hold square to uh, trigger this magic whip thing that allows you to scan the environment or look around the environment and throw your little whip thing that will pull you towards that object or towards whatever that thing that you locked onto, which is fine. But I feel like that, I, I feel like it being square again is just a bad idea and i think they the reason why they did that is because magic is your l1s and your r1s so they kind of just said oh we got to figure out where else to put this technique i I don't know it didn't feel good to me um i think the combat another there's a bunch of weird choices happen there you have a innate lock on and then you have a hard lock on and it's just like just give me the just give me one lock on because you lock onto something, and you're like, all right, I'm shooting this thing, I'm shooting this thing. You move the camera, and you kind of move away from that thing. And it's like, no, I want to lock onto that. Oh, yeah, there is the actual lock on. So it just, there's just decisions in this game that just didn't feel good to me. I'm not necessarily throwing this in, in the, the bin and saying, like, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to play the demo more and try to um, make sense get, of it. Yeah, yeah, get like a better feel for it. I also don't I hate that I I'm looking at this game and I am literally coming off of Genshin Impact. I'm coming off of God of War to jump into this game and I'm just like I think the magic in Genshin Impact works way smoother. Like it's just a better experience. I think the combat in in Armor Armor Core, I uh, can't wait. And uh God of War is just is it's perfection. So having to play this is just like, man, I'd rather be uh, mowing the yard or whatever. Like it just, it, I think it's just something that I have to just sit down and like have time and learn this system. But I don't know. This definitely feels like their B tier game. 
And I hate that it feels like that to me. And I, I, I really was hoping that the demo, because I, I want like this, does, this feels like a B tier experience. It doesn't feel like a double A experience is what I'm getting at. Cause I'm not, I'm not even, I wouldn't even classify this as triple A. Yeah. Just from the fidelity standpoint, like the, the graphics don't look great. Even when I turn on the 120, whatever. But yeah, like I, I really want to, I really wanted to like this game because it had all the like check marks in, in it for me, but it's just, it's not doing it. But I'm giving it a second chance or more chances essentially. But yeah, that's where I'm at with this game. That's where I'm at. Um, the next thing is another demo. Oh, you're muted, Marcus. Am I? Oh, I saw your mouth, but I didn't hear anything. Oh. But uh, since you're there, and hopefully it's not re- raining, that means that the season has gotten better, hasn't it? Hasn't it? So tell us about the seasons. Seasons? Seasoning? Oh, seasons? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Hurry. Good attempt. That was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a solid attempt. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, the seasons demo came out. Um, and uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that uh, out of everybody on the podcast, I was the one that was anticipating this game the most. And so mm-hmm. when shout out to Sean for letting me know that, that there was a demo that was released for this game, I was very excited about it. And the demo, I thought, was quite lovely. Um, and it was it's definitely um, I was saying this uh, in the in the discord chat or the pre pro chat, but. It's very akin to Death Stranding in that it is very much so a walking simulator uh, game that takes place sort of in like a post-apocalyptic wasteland, but not your typical post-apocalyptic wasteland. It's definitely more of a Miyazaki post-apocalyptic wasteland as opposed to a hard sci-fi um wasteland there's more fantasy i guess in it and um they give you kind of like a very simple but fun or engaging uh level i wouldn't say it's a tutorial but it's definitely like a opener of sorts okay um and it's pretty short uh but it's it gives you a good read on kind of the world that you're exploring, uh, the point of the game, and um, kind of gives you a feel on what you're, what what this all is going to be. Like, there's no misleading here. It's not like, once again, bringing up Death Stranding, how, you know, a lot of people went into Death Stranding off the strength of it being a Kojima game. And, you know, even though they didn't really hide what, the game was going to be it was still like okay it's kojima it's going to be you know whatever it's going to be and then you get to the mechanics of it and a lot of people are like you can do this or i don't know if this is for me seasons it's like you know exactly what the deal is so you can't be surprised by any of what you're getting and for me it was right up my alley so much so that right when i finished the demo i pre-ordered the game because that's going to be my comfort game for 2023 it's definitely going to be uh it's if if it's as good as the demo, which I'm pretty sure it will be, uh, it'll probably be on my uh, list for next year. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we jump into more on the Callisto Protocol, we have a not word from us, boss. We have a word from me. Hey, you listener, you enjoying the conversation? Good. Very good. All right. Do us a solid. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell. Do those three things, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, okay, let's jump back in. Jump back in. Close the protocol. Uh, Avery and Sean, you have anything more to say about this lovely, lovely uh, experience you guys had? Man, um, I'm struggling on whether or not I feel like finishing this game. I uh, oh, damn. <laughs> I, I I don't want to waste my money, but uh, I I played the double head. Uh, boss and he is easy at least on easy I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if uh, it, on easy it's an escalation of difficulty it's like the first time you find it it's incredibly hard because of the checkpoint the game gives you the second time you find it it's even harder because of the enemies that they start posting yeah. in it. 
And then the third time you find it, they put it in the dumbest arena possible where literally all you have to do is stand at one side and shoot him and he dies. So once I got the rhythm of it on the first time, um, it became easy because literally, you literally just have to hold left or right and shoot him. He goes down. I took a couple heavy swings at him. Repeat. He never touched me the second or third time once I actually understood what he was doing. Um, I got to the second portion and then saw the ad, and the ad is the one that, you know, tripped me up. And I understand it's supposed to be survival action horror, whatever the hell, but the speed, you, you can't even run from things. Like, you can't hold down the, the run button to get some distance. It's quite maddening in this game, so it, it's a little bit frustrating. But that's that's it. Are you playing on medium or is it on easy? I, I dropped it down to easy just because okay. I just yeah. want to. I just want to see where the story goes, but uh, I, I don't even you. know if I'm gonna get through that. All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, last time we talked, I was, I was not. I, I didn't like this game, and I stopped. Uh, but I was like three fourths of the way through. I beat the game. Uh, I actually mm. beat it like probably the two days after we recorded the podcast. So yeah. I will say that. A, I I didn't get. To, I don't think I got to talk with the two-headed boss, which is not really a boss. It's just an enemy in the game. After it, uh, my first encounter with it, hate it. Uh, I I think it's one of the most unfun experiences in the entire game, especially the first checkpoint you get with it, where like if it kills you, you start at the beginning of the game with whatever you guns you had equipped at the end of the last in checkpoint. So since the last checkpoint was oh you were fighting a group Wait, of the enemies. beginning of the game. No, I'm beginning sorry. at a checkpoint, he means. Beginning at the check- <laughs> oh. checkpoint. Like there is a horde mission. There's a horde. There's a horde section that goes to the first boss. So the, I begin the first boss with no ammo in my guns, mm-hmm. and, and actually having no ammo on me. So I had to then open. Oh. Every, so I had to open all the boxes, get into that animation of opening the boxes, getting the ammo out, then switching my guns to reload them while dodging the thing, which moves pretty much faster than anything else in the game. Uh, and has an insane reach and can two-shot you if it hits you. Okay, so you, you screwed yourself then because I, I didn't use up all my ammo on the enemies in that area. I think I dodged, shot once, and then killed them with the heavy swing, and I had already opened up all the boxes before I even started the... Uh... Sean, I had done that as well. I opened up those boxes and got a shit ton of ammo, and I played this game as a shooter, not a, as a, as a mm-hmm. melee game, because I don't want to engage with this combat system, which I don't find fun. So I just shot all these creatures with my souped up uh, guns and like I killed them all super easily, but I just didn't have ammo for when the boss came and I just had to go through that stupid bullshit. And then the second time the boss shows up, I'm like, okay, I understand how to fight this boss. I understand that a lot of my problems were because I was shooting it in the body. I need to focus on headshots. But then an ad would show up and the ad can move through the boss. So even if I... In, in an animation to shoot and attack the boss, the ad will still attack me at this like, at any time. And it was just super frustrating. And then when they I first when they first had the area, it was just a it was just like a super small arena. So I just wasn't sure where my spacing was. I got I just didn't have fun. Like I I guess I run around this corner, wait for him to come into my line of sight, get maybe two or three shots, and have to run to another corner. That just wasn't fun. The third time was a bigger arena. Still wasn't fun. The fourth time is what I was talking about, where like they spawn you in this big room with giant fans. It's like it's a it's a long corridor, and it spawns on the other side. And the enemies that they spawn are the slow uh, bomb enemies that crawl. So it was literally just me getting to one side, killing all the enemies, and just shooting him from afar with my maxed out gun and killing him in like two strides. So it was like super easy. It wasn't really challenging. I got to the final boss as well. The final boss is just a souped up version of Two Head. In regards to how it plays, so like once in, in, in a bigger arena, so like once you understand the like mechanics of oh you have to shoot you have to do damage to break his armor, then then shoot his head. And it's like oh, okay, then it was just a super easy. I, I got to the final boss in one try. It wasn't it, it was like literally the easiest encounter, challenge encounter in the game put in front of my in, in my face. Uh, I want to reiterate uh, my feelings about this game in that I find. Uh, Jacob, your main protagonist, super boring. I don't find the game story super interesting. Once you learn the point of what the story is, I'm just like, oh, this is just like, like you didn't even try. Like, I guess this is a spiritual success of the dead space, but I mean, do something different. Don't just do more dead space. This is so 
boring. And like yeah. the game looks amazing, but the game doesn't have any. It doesn't have. I, I saw trailers for the Dead Space remake. And I sat there and I looked at Isaac Clark and I'm like, whoever designed the Isaac Clark design is a fucking genius in terms of an art design and making your character look unique and interesting. There's nothing unique or interesting about this world and any of its art assets or anything like that. It looks beautiful, but doesn't stick out to me as anything more than another generic sci-fi game. So like, I'm not, I'm going to give it shit to that. I'm going to give it shit to that. The game is bugged in that it's possible to get the platinum trophy by playing it on easy. I am one trophy away from the Platinum, and that's just playing it on getting the hardest difficulty trophy. But that will require me to replay it again on easy. And, like, I am not having enough fun with fun to de- dedicate another eight hours of my life to this game. So, right. yeah. Reiterate how I feel about the Clifford Protocol. I don't feel... I don't. I didn't have fun with it. This is a uh, six, six, uh, 6.5 out of 10 game. I think the combat system is not well thought out or fun. I get people under, I get there are a certain group of people, gamers who really enjoy this combat system and to each your own. I didn't, I wanted to play a survival horror shooter. Uh, I didn't want to, if you want, if you wanted this game to be an action game, then give me action game uh, at the very beginning. Don't give me action game elements one, one third of the way through. That makes sense. So yeah, two thumbs All down. Right. I wouldn't recommend this game. Even if you could play it for free, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> He gives them two, All right. two thumbs down. <laughs> Last up, uh, Marcus, uh, you've been playing God of War, Ragnarok. Yes, I have. What's your thoughts on this? And I am basically at the end of the game. Um, I probably would have finished it yesterday if I didn't do Forspoken and Seasons. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, I don't I'm not going to spoil anything for you uh DJ but yeah yeah this is definitely my game of the year like I was a little concerned early just because there was I actually just realized I haven't talked about this game at all yeah like, I, realize I haven't I haven't been on the podcast mm-hmm. talking about this game but um yeah uh, early on I was a little worried about it just because it felt a little buggy for me and you know, I was noticing things like rubbernecking and stuff like that, that like, it just, I was like, Oh no, even though I was still very enamored by the story and the characters, it just felt a little off. But once it really kind of slid into its groove, Oh, just tens across the board. Um, Yes. And I'm at, the fact that I'm toward the end of the game, the way that the story escalates is really something. Um, the way that they u- utilize Atreus in this game, uh, I loved it. I could see how it could potentially be divisive for people, but I really loved it. Um, the characters that we are introduced to in this game are also all pretty damn great. Nice. Um, I love the fact that they explore kind of both sides in an interesting way. Um, So it's not very cut and dry. Like there's definitely a right and wrong, but it's not simply this side evil, this side good. Exactly. Uh, And so I I really, really appreciated that. And Kratos has now officially become my second favorite video game character right under the dual pairing of Joel and Ellie because Kratos was fantastic in 2018 but good god in this game he becomes probably the best version of that character that there may ever be which makes me concerned that there's so many people talking about where do they go next because I'm like I haven't even finished the game, and I'm like, I don't think they should go anywhere next. But uh, I'll leave that for me finishing the game. But yeah, too many. God of War. Right too many for there not to be a next. <laughs> I know, but it's just from a character standpoint, you know, like where was the book? I hear Once you. Again, I, yeah, but yeah. So shout out to God of War Ragnarok. Fantastic game. I totally agree. Totally agree. I, I'm. This is. This is. Oh, this is probably going to be my like game of the generation for right now. Like, I'm, mm. I'm just loving this game. I'm like, not oh, wow. Gundam. So now go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Gundam but um, is from 
the past generation. Gundam <laughs> is from the Atari generation. Actually, it is from the past generation. Thank you very much. But anyways, anyways, this has been another episode of Press X Start Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this hefty one as much as we enjoyed having these conversations. Uh, in case you missed any of the details, you can find any of this and more on our website at pressx2start.com. Uh, do us a solid, as I said, time and time again. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell. If you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressx2start.com slash Discord. If you hear that ruffling in the background, it is London right now going through my personal things. Eh. I should stop her, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Father duties, right? Uh, with that being with said, what no, no, DJ? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm only just talking. Avery is responsible. <laughs> the only thing I've ever raised is the roof. <laughs> uh, we have good times, guys. We have good times. All right. Uh, you take care. You play some more video games and be good. Shout out to Raven K- KJ for uh, uh, for uh, for announcing their love to the world and the haters being haters. Let's go, Valorant. <laughs> I agree. All right, y'all, peace. <sighs>